Hi everyone, it's Catalina and welcome back to the Connected Adventist Podcast. This week's episode, The Conservative Feminist. And we are going to have a look at a comparison that God just gave me when I was watching Ninja Warriors and the CrossFit Games and how it all related to our church. So let's get into it. So welcome and on this episode, I would like to give my listener appreciation award to Josephina Sheffer. And the reason why I give her this this appreciation award and specifically on this um, particular episode is uh, because with me and my girls in Bundy, we have had many discussions um, about about topics that would often, you know, in today's society be related to feminism. And I don't really feel that it is feminist in its nature or in the discussions that we have. However, I do feel that, you know, people are going to perceive it as that, which is, which is fine. That's, that's their opinion. Um, but yeah, we, one day we were having a big discussion amongst us, amongst us girls. And, um, yeah, we, (laughs) she said to me, she's like, you must do an episode on this. And I'm like, okay, I will. Um, we're not necessarily going to touch all the aspects and all the points that we talked about in that particular discussion with my friends. But I did want to go into one specific area of where people perceive um, maybe the direction of the church as being feminist um, or it's pushing this feminist idea. And I really wanted to clarify some things. To be totally honest with you, I'm probably not in the right spirit to be doing this because I feel there's a little bit of bitterness um, given where I am right now in terms of um, the direction of my life and in the direction of my ministries Um, and I'll go into that a little bit later on but the reason why I wanted to talk about this was um, I mean it's a discussion that I often have with my friends in Bundy and we have a decent really tight core group and when we get together these topics always arise as yeah maybe a cultural thing maybe it's a church culture thing and we often sit and discuss it and I really want to stress the fact that this is just not within Adventism. I think sometimes when we are in the Adventist church, we feel like we're the only church that is lacking in this area. But I have honestly, I have sat down and prayed and had arguments with God about this whole aspect that I'm going to present today. And as I have done that, you know, God has really opened my eyes to understanding that it's not just in within the Adventist church. Um, with the episode, the grass isn't always greener at the other church. When we spoke about specific aspects of areas that we are lacking as Seventh-day Adventists, um, many of those aspects are, uh, are areas of weakness uh, within other denominations as well. So as I go into this topic, I really want to yeah bring that up as well, that it is just not within Adventism that maybe there isn't a lot of female presence. Uh, If we have a look at even the evangelical churches, they have very minimal female uh, representation or there's definitely not a lot of women up in ministry roles and they are not represented in a way that I, I would think even within, you know, our society today or even within, you know, evangelical churches, you would think that there would be more of that. That presence would, would just have a greater, um, yeah, representation. So <clears throat> the reason why I want to make a comparison between Ninja Warriors and CrossFit Games, uh, we don't really watch TV. Um, at home, um, <laughs> we, we have a TV 
And we only connected that TV up to get a satellite connected, which would give us um, amazing discoveries. Um, So at the time in our spirituality, that was all we wanted to actually allow into our home was that uh, particular channel. Um, But we have set it up so that we can watch the four Adventist channels. So my, my daughters can flick between those four channels at the moment. So it's Hope, 3ABN, Amazing Discoveries, and there's another random, it's called Beta, another random Adventist channel. So we've just, we've left it at those four um, channels. But um, when we go to Brisbane, we stay with family. And when we stay with family, obviously they all watch TV. And um, yeah, there are certain things that we will let our daughters sit down and watch. And one of those things was Ninja Warriors. So for those who aren't familiar with Ninja Warriors, it's basically people working through an obstacle course. And it's, it's, I mean, it's a really hard obstacle course, but it's done very much so it's like a I don't know how to explain it like gymnastics mixed with like calisthenics Um, I mean it's a lot of like strength training so it's like yeah anyway it's just an obstacle course where they have to show their strength so they're leaping from one thing to another and um, they're hanging off ropes they're doing like pull-ups they're having to like spin on things and then jump off it and then catch another like disc while in midair and so it's a lot of like physical strength the the purpose of the whole obstacle course is to to test their strength um and test you know their I don't know just test every single part of their body and they're to get from the beginning of the obstacle course to the end in a certain time and whoever is the quickest wins you know for that for that episode for that round or whatever it is so my girls will be watching that and it was very interesting because Ninja Warrior the way that it's done um, it's the same obstacle course for male and female so you will have for example, 10 men and 10 women who will be at the beginning of the show. And as they progress through the obstacle course, based on their time and based on how far they made it through the obstacle course, because sometimes people fall and then, you know, you're eliminated, depending on how far they progress through the obstacle course. And in the time that they do that, they will, you know, go to the next round. So Ninja Warrior has male and female competing together. And as they compete together, it, the women, you know, obviously for whatever reasons, they didn't get as far in that obstacle course. Uh, They didn't make it in a time that was quick enough. So they drop further and further down, you know, the winner's board. And it was really interesting because as I watched with my girls, with my two daughters, um, I sat there watching it and they were cheering for the girls. Like they were so like, just they just wanted the girls to win and it's not because they're feminists it's just purely because they're a girl and they were just excited to see a woman trying to do the obstacle course and the challenges are very difficult so as I watched my daughters they're they're like cheering for the females and one female after the other gets pushed further down the leader's board and at the end of the day, we watched the grand final at home. So they were really, they really wanted to watch the grand final because of this one female that had made it through to the grand final. And so we watched it online and obviously she falls. She doesn't make it very far. And they were so crushed. They were so disappointed. 
And I was like, you know what, that's just a little unfair. And I was speaking with my dad um, and he's atheist. So he has, you know, whatever. He's not really got Christian values in, in that sense or doesn't, you know, claim spirituality. But even he said he's like, <laughs> so I could say he's very worldly if you want me to give him a title like that. But even he said he was like, that's so unfair because the obstacle courses are made in a certain way that it'd be very hard for a female to get through. And when you look at the obstacles, yeah, it is very hard. It's very hard to compete against that, against men. And he said, you know, they really should be doing one for the females, one for the males. There's a winner in both in both um, genders. Anyway, it's not like that. So my girls were a little crushed because they were like, oh, she didn't get far. They were still excited for the guy that won. But I realized that in trying to compete with the men, women just ended up getting lost. Uh, women ended up being in a position where they, they had no chance. And, and I feel that, and this could be me, very personal, I feel that it would be very discouraging for a woman knowing that she's going up against 10 men, regardless of how strong, regardless of however you think, that there comes a point where you understand that I'm going up against 10 guys. The probability the very logical, intelligent probability of me winning against these 10 men might be very hard, just as it is for one of the 10 guys to win against another 10 guys. Like the probability of him winning is, you know, one out of 10. So keeping all that in mind, I then watched CrossFit Games. Uh, for those who don't know CrossFit, it is really intensive training and it is an exercise program that uh, involves a lot of weights, it involves a lot of repetition of exercise, and it's all done in really short periods. So a general CrossFit workout, you know, could vary from like five minutes to like 12 minutes and that's it, but it's very intense. So we were watching the CrossFit games just because I came across them and I, well, we watched them with the girls. And the difference with CrossFit games is that they have male and female competition. So they have the females competing together and they have the males competing together. What was really interesting out of that is that the weights are done differently. So females get less of a weight and males get more of a weight. And I can tell you, it's not because these women couldn't do the weights that the guys do. Like the weight is very, very intense. Um, and these women are extremely strong. Like they're like beasts. Um, it's not an issue because they couldn't do the weights. However, CrossFit... And the CrossFit Games have specifically allowed a space for females and a space for males. Now, for me, I don't feel that that is, you know, going against equality. I don't feel that that is unfair. I don't feel that I don't feel there's any discrimination against the women because they are competing in their own category. And I think <clears throat> as we watch the CrossFit Games and we've ended up watching like I think three or four now, um, just because the girls really liked it. So we've just been getting them off YouTube. As we watched the CrossFit Games and as the competition was coming to the end and you could see the standouts, you could see who was going to win. As we finished and they did like the medal ceremony when, you know, everyone won. To see, to see male and female separately have their moment of glory Whatever you think about competition, I, I'm not really too worried about discussing that. But the female had their moment of glory and the males had their moment of glory. There was a first, second and third for men. And there was a first, second and third for the females. To see a woman stand up and win her first medal 
and to see a man win and get his first medal, I felt that that was, that is the equality that God desires. I felt that that was just, I felt that that was fair. I felt that that showed female in their strengths, in their element, in a position where I was like, wow, that is so cool. Um, Tia Claire Toomey smashed it. She look at her. She's just so happy. She's just, you know, she's glowing. And then you had Matt Fraser glowing and in his element and neither took away from each other. Like Tia Claire Toomey will be known as the number one for the CrossFit Games 2019. Matt Fraser will be known as the number one male, you know, athlete for uh, CrossFit Games 2019. They don't take away from each other, yet they complemented each other so well. They do all the promotional work together. They hang out. They're really good friends. And I realized that that is the ideal, in my opinion, of what I think it is to to have the male and female balance within church leadership within the church structure neither takes away from each other but both have been placed in their position both have have won you could say um, the position that they're in so given that in mind now I want to go into my conservative feminist ideas with regards to the church Um, I don't want to go into like the political aspect of you know work rights or you know um, pay rights or even you know within the family and within the marriage Uh, I think I will do an episode on marriage and maybe my perspective and my ideas on that but what I really wanted to talk about in this particular episode was about uh, what that means for the church Uh, What does this feminist ideas reflect and represent within our church structure and how I feel that we are like ninja warriors. Our church at the moment is like ninja warriors. Um, It's male and female competing together and neither is given their space to really embrace what their calling is, to really embrace uh, the strength and to really glorify God and give each gender that opportunity to shine, that opportunity to to win the medal for our Lord. So as I'm not going to go into women's ordination either because I don't really think that that is necessary for this particular subject and particularly for what I want to represent, like what I really want to talk about. Um, but I do believe that, and again, I'm going to tell you why I'm a little bitter about this. So I has come to a point... Um, at the moment where I have just been praying a lot for God's guidance. There has been a lot of things that have happened probably in the last three months that have really made me be like, okay, God, like what is your will for my life kind of thing. And in terms of like future as well, like I'm trying to think a little bit ahead. Um, I know we can't plan ahead. Biblically, God tells us, you know, don't, don't do that because we can't, we don't even have tomorrow counted. So um, I am planning ahead in the sense of I want to be actively walking in God's will and in order to do that, there are things, there are paths, there are two, there, it's clear that there are two paths and, and I needed God's guidance to, to know which path to take. And um, at, at this point, it appears that my path is going contrary to what I want, which is fine. Um, 
But I wanted to touch on the fact um, of, I wanted to touch on the, the idea of what opportunities are available for women within the church structure and within ministry. And this is probably where I'm going to be a little bitter, but that's, that's, that's fine. I, I can be on my own podcast. I suppose that is, that is probably the, the advantage or disadvantage is that you're going to be very opinionated in, on your own podcast. But I will try and keep this really neutral in the sense of, of what I have observed. So regardless of whether we agree with women's ordination or not, I have always believed that there is a lack of area and there is a lack of opportunities presented for females to work within the church structure this is something that I strongly believe and I whether you you disagree with it or agree with it I believe that there would this is just my personal opinion I believe that there would be a lot less women desiring to be pastors if there was another opportunity for them to be in full-time ministry and let me explain that a little bit more. If there was an opportunity for a woman to be um, a full-time employee and if her employment came down to, you know, if this was what the criteria of her of her position came down to, that she was to do Bible studies, that she could do um, evangelistic series, that she could do you know, outreach, that she could do running of small groups, training. Um, if there was a position that you could give that, if there was a title that you could give that position that wasn't called pastor, I believe you would have a lot of women who would be very happy to take that position. Um, I believe that from the people that I have met and met, you know, in the recent years, there are a lot of females who love serving their Lord but the only position that is available for us if we choose to do that in a full-time capacity is to be a pastor. And for me personally, like I don't feel a call to be a pastor. Um, so I will never take that route. However, in order for me to be involved in full-time ministry, like if I came down to the position, if I came to the position where I'm like, okay, I have to get a full-time job uh, for finances um, you know, we're on a single income at the moment. <clears throat> I would like to say, okay, cool. Well, I could have this position within my conference and I can pray about and take the necessary steps to trying to get that position. But realistically, all that is left for me, and, and I'm going to be very like critical right now. If I was to have a look at our conference structure, if I was to have a look at the employees of our church conferences, and this is this will be very general and broad. Um, so it's not just within my conference where I specifically live, but I'm talking about in the conference worldwide. If I was to have a look at the positions that are would be available to me in terms of full-time ministry, one, it would be a children's ministry, uh, some, somehow a director or, you know, an assistant or something like that. Second, um, my, my, my opportunity, the opportunity of employment for me within full-time work within the conference would be like a personal assistant or an admin person or a secretary. There is nothing on a spiritual level apart from children's ministry, which is usually the most popular role that can be given to women and it's not always given to women and and then it's just like an administrative employee there's nothing on a spiritual level that can give me full-time employment and I find that that is very frustrating because I know that 
as as God has opened up a path for me to go to university um, and to go study again, I feel like honestly and like me and God are, are having a moment at the moment. <laughs> so um, that I feel like the very thing that fills me, I'm going to have to leave behind because there is no future prospect for me within the church unless I am a female pastor. And that's really frustrating. It actually like cuts my heart every time I think about it because my 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 complete desire and my love is for service for him and to be able to work for my church. Like I think until you are in a position where you feel that, you won't understand what it's like to feel it being ripped away from you. And that is honestly how I feel. I feel like it's getting ripped away from me, which is fine. Like at the end of the day, like I'm sure there were many people that wanted to be Jesus's disciples, but not all of them were called to that position. So it's one thing to have a passion and to have a desire to be in ministry of some sort um, and to be in full-time ministry. But it's a very different thing if you've been called. I'm sure everyone wanted to be the king of Israel but not everyone was called. Um, the anointing came on specific people. And and I suppose that's where I am at the moment, where I'm coming to the realization, I'm like, oh, it, your passion doesn't make for anointing. It's, it's very different. So as I've looked at that and I've really wrestled with it and I've been angry at God and I've gotten a little bitter towards the conference, and I mean conference as in worldwide conference, I've been really disappointed at what is available for females like I said, I feel like we're ninja warriors. The way that our structure is set up is like ninja warriors. It's it's one prize and everyone's got to fight for it. And if I have a look at realistic, you know, I have on my Facebook, on my personal Facebook uh, for ministry reasons, I have a whole bunch of conferences from around the world on my Facebook page. So I can see the news feeds and I can guarantee you, like, again, I'm going to be very critical. I can guarantee you that within a group of leadership, um, when you have a look at the group of who is in leadership in these conferences, and I'm going to tell you, like, I'm going to be totally blunt with you. I'm talking about conservative and liberal conferences. I'm talking about conferences that do not agree with women's ordination and conferences that do agree with women's ordination. When I look at their leadership team, if you're lucky, there is like maybe 30% female represented. And that's like probably exaggerated. It's probably more like 10%. Um, you can have, you know, they will have like, you know, different pictures of, of leaderships in the, you know, the, the people in director positions and leadership positions in these conferences. And there might be like 20 people, there's two females. Like, it is so minimal, the female representation, and that is within conferences that actually agree with women's ordination, uh, with conferences that have ordained women working in their conferences. So when I really consider all of that, and when I look at the fact that regardless of whether you agree with ordination or you disagree with ordina ordination, women are very our representation is just so low. We aren't given those positions. I, and, and I'll, okay, let me be more, even more critical again. Um, even within, like when I see, you know, there are different um, evangelistic series that are run or there might be different um, like youth programs or, um, or whatever it is, like revival meetings. If you have a look at who the speakers predominantly are, 
it's males. There is very little females that are even given the opportunity to preach. And that has nothing to do with you agree with women's ordination or not. Um, even within that range or even within that that level, you see such minimal women represented. And I don't know if that's the culture of the church. I don't know. I, I, I doubt that there are no women that could be put on those in those areas to be able to speak into people's lives. I, I don't believe that there is a lack of women, but I do believe that there is a preference over men. And yeah, yeah, I, I think the church has to address that. I think the church has to be a lot more intentional about trying to have an equal representation. I don't believe either in the women taking over the church. I don't think that 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 is God's plan. I don't think that that's God's ideal either. And I don't think that would be healthy for the church. But I do believe that just as CrossFit allows areas for everyone to get to that number one position and that they they allow a space for equal representation and in their own area, I think that is really important for us to also take into consideration that, that our church should also provide that kind of space for both genders to be equally represented within conference leadership, within speaking engagements, and within the church itself. Um, I, I think that we have to address the fact that, you know, even within um, Adventist churches still today, there are people that are under the idea, um, they have a strong belief that women should still not speak in church. Uh, there are still people that believe that women shouldn't teach in church and that women shouldn't preach in church. And I think everyone has to come to their own conviction on that. Um, I have sort of looked into it a little bit because, um, yeah, it was just brought up in a discussion that I was having with a person. And they brought out the, the fact that, um, you know, that their biblical, biblical understanding was that women shouldn't be teaching at the front, even leading out in a Sabbath school lesson, and that... Um, yeah, if they are going to be teaching, they should be teaching only women and children. So I have looked at it a little bit. I haven't really gone into too much detail for that. Um, at this point, without having looked and studied thoroughly the information that was presented to me that backed that, that idea, um, I don't agree with that. But like I said, I haven't looked at it and really searched it out for myself to get a proper conviction. Um, so yeah, but I, you know, there are churches that still won't allow women to preach and we have to understand that that's where the church is at. But I think in order for us to really be balanced, and I think that's, that's what the ideal is in everything. I have found that in many churches where women aren't allowed a space in which that they can teach spiritual topics where they can share about their spirituality and where they are not given an opportunity to discuss spiritual topics often and this is just purely based on my experience with the people that I have seen I feel that they are like starving for spiritual growth um, they they struggle with reading the bible they struggle to be thorough in um, comparing text they, they, they're really in an area where they, they don't comprehend how to delve deeper into spiritual things. And I feel that that is because there, there has been a lack of allowing them to present 
things to speak, to teach. Um, I know that I have learned the most in teaching people uh, when when I have been given opportunities to speak and when I've been given opportunities to lead out in lessons that is when I have learned the most and I can tell you that if I wasn't given as many opportunities as I have been my bible knowledge and my spirituality would be very different not because I'm dependent on those things but because they have been a given the opportunity to speak has been one of the tools that has got my spirituality to be where it is. It has been one of the tools that has helped me to have a deeper understanding from my Adventist beliefs. Um, would I have had that um, if it had a, if I hadn't been given opportunities to, to speak and teach? I think I would have, but probably not as deep and maybe not as much as what I would have had on an individual just doing my own devotions kind of thing. Um, so that's another aspect that I, I do believe we have to address as a church is that we still have this idea of, you know, women are just to, to be quiet in the church. And again, this is not just within Adventism, this is within many churches. I had a gentleman and yeah, I had a gentleman who came from another church and he has actually gone to many churches. So he has he has been to many churches and I let out, it was when we were doing our quarterly on Revelation and I let out for a lesson um, that week and, you know, it was quite a good discussion and whatever. <clears throat> and at the end of it, you know, he came up to me and he's like, <laughs> it was so funny, he's like, I didn't realize that feminism was it within the Adventist church and I looked at him and I'm like oh really why do you say that he's like oh because when I saw you stand up the front I thought what could you get what could you teach me about revelation um and you know I I didn't take offense to that honestly it, the gentleman was very good because he was like but you actually taught me a lot and I was like praise the lord like like honestly praise the lord that he was actually given an opportunity to learn something and even with his already preconceived ideas of oh i'm a feminist and the church is feminist and all that sort of stuff so yeah we really need to keep that in mind that this gentleman he isn't even adventist uh, he, he has come from another church and he has gone to many churches and yet that was the mindset that he had so i think we have to really understand the context of all of that that it's not just within the adventist church if we have a look at all like our famous, you know, celebrity preachers, name a female. Like I can tell you so many of, you know, our modern day <clears throat> contemporary, um, yeah, famous preachers for many churches, yet we can struggle um, to find a female that is in that same level that has that same amount of influence or following. Um, and, you know, that's not within Adventism. That is within just the church culture, I believe, in general. And I still do not see, even outside of the Adventist church, uh, women that have been put in positions where they can step up and, and, and represent um, another aspect of, of spirituality and, and of Christianity. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's my, my message for today, that um, I pray that within our church, within Adventism, um, and, you know, even within Christianity, um, that there is an area for women to represent. Uh, just as CrossFit has a Matt Fraser and a Tia Claire Toomey, um, I hope that within Adventism we can have male and female representation um, on all levels, uh, within our local church, 
um, contributing on a spiritual level. I don't mean, hey, if, if the men have 10 deacons, let the women have 10 deacons, um, deaconesses. I, I believe that on a spiritual level in terms of feeding and nurturing and yeah, contributing in the spiritual context, whether it's leading out, whether it's speaking engagements, whether it is preaching and even within, you know, the highest of the positions within a conference position. I would like to hope that there is, um, yeah, that there is a shift within our church to provide opportunities for women to get into full-time ministry that isn't just a pastor position because at the moment that that is all that there is. Um, I am either a pastor or I am a children's ministry director. And if I don't fit into either of those, all that is left for me is to go into like admin work and to be a secretary or a personal assistant for guess who? A man. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I really encourage our church to to think of that. And, you know, I, I, I must say I'm still very empathetic and I'm very understanding of the culture. I'm very understanding of maybe the pullback as to why the church isn't where it could be. And yeah, maybe it's people are worried of, of what else is it going to bring. And um, for whatever reasons, I can't judge people's motives or make a really broad statement about every single person that works for the conference. Um, but I do believe that in order for us to truly take on this idea of um, male and female being able to contribute to the spirituality and to the growth of the spirituality of our church, through our personal experiences, through our testimonies, um, even through our qualifications, um, but more than anything, even even with God using male and female to help strengthen our church and to help grow it, um, I think that is that is the ideal of what God would want um, is for us to continue to work in that. And yeah, if if there was another position that could be given. Um, that isn't pastoring, I believe many women would take that position. Many women would be very comfortable and um, would be very happy to take on that position. But there is nothing for us. Like there is literally nothing that I can go and, and get and, you know, and apply for a job in unless it's like administrative work. Um, and that that's a painful reality because when, when your desire is, is sincerely to just live for God and work for God pay and I mean paid or unpaid like people that know me I work for God and, and I don't get paid for anything um but that is my love so I don't care to be paid but if circumstances brought about my need to be paid guess what I'm gonna have to go and work in in another type of work and and it will never satisfy because my heart is with God um but you know there's nothing I can do about it. So hence why I'm going back to uni. Uh, so anyway, that's my topic. It's probably not as controversial as what everyone thought. Probably, yeah. My, 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 um, what is it? My little preview for this week's episode was a little clickbait. Um, but I did, I mean, that is honestly what I think is most important. And, you know, my podcast is about um, and my church and my faith. And yeah, I don't need to tell you what I think about wives and, all that kind of stuff, but I, I will at some point, but it's not my, <clears throat> it's not my priority. Um, and it's not what's really, you know, that big on my heart. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And may we continue to keep our church in prayer. Um, and you know, also with our leadership that, yeah, that they may find uh, a place to, to be like the CrossFit games 
and give everyone a, a prize as number one. Um, yeah, so that it is balanced, so that women do feel like they can be in a position where they can serve their savior um, in a full-time capacity. All right then, until next week, my prayer, my hope, and my desire is that you stay warm in God's love, that you stay cool for Jesus' name, and that you stay on fire with the Holy Spirit. See you.